Hello and welcome to Hotline Offline. I'm your host, Esther Choi. I'm a chef who's worked in numerous kitchens and currently run several of my own. And throughout it all, I've gotten a lot of practice at problem solving the kitchen and answering burning questions. Food plays such an important role in so many families, and we're lucky enough to have some of our listeners call in to share some of their traditions with us. And to listen to these callers with me, I'm so happy to be joined by none other than my sister, Jennifer Choi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking all things personal traditions, meaning, you know, what we grew up with pretty much in our family, what we grew up traditionally eating, or just, I guess, any traditions that, you know, we grew up with. First of all, it's the holidays. So obviously our minds are already on the holiday topic. Right. So I'm going to go first with saying definitely making bandu on New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. Mandu is dumplings. And you and I grew up making this every year with, oh with our entire family. Yeah, it was a whole job that day. <laughs> yeah, it's like an all-day affair, right? We right. In the morning, um, our harmony, which is our grandma, would make a huge batch of the filling. Like literally like a bucket full, right? The, the huge basin. Oh gosh, right? yeah. It was the size of a table. Yeah, the size uh-huh. of the table and she would like throw it down in the middle of the table and everybody kind of had to sit together in the circle mm-hmm. and, and people will come like in and out mm-hmm. and make dumplings, right? Yeah. If one person gets tired, even the guys helped out, like dad. Yeah, and, dad, yeah. grandpa. Yeah, everyone helped out. I don't know if our brother did. No, though, I don't think Danny. I don't think he ever no. did. He's lazy, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if he ever made one dumpling. He's in so his life. he's so lazy that he doesn't even like eating. So that yeah. <laughs> that is true laziness right there. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Oh God. I remember this memory of like we would like make the dumplings and then we would have it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, mm-hmm. but like in all different ways, right? We would sometimes have it fried, which was our favorite. Oh, favorite. Right? Steamed. Steamed in the soup. In the soup. Oh, that was really good too. Yeah. With like rice cakes. Uh-huh. That's called like dok manduku dok, dok in manduku, Korean. Yeah. And we never got tired of it, even though we ate it all day. It was just. Yeah. Our mom would freeze it and then we would take it home and then eat it like mm-hmm. all month. Mm-hmm. And I just remember like while we're making it. There's that saying where, like, if you make it very pretty, you, you're going to have beautiful children or something like that. And then you guys, yeah. would, you guys would always say that I would have really ugly children. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, you, so you remember. I do remember. That's every year. And then, but it got better every year. I feel like I, I, I try to, like, teach you different tricks yeah. on, like, how to make it pretty. Oh, you, you guys could still pick out the ones that I made. That was really annoying. Always, that was really always. Annoying. And you know, I do love the idea of like dumplings. Like you can literally pick out who made what because I feel like dumplings, how you make it show your personality. Mm-hmm. Like our grandpa would make it a very, very certain way. Yeah. Like he, he'd be kind of lazy. Yeah. With the folds. He just, he just did know? like the traditional yeah. dumpling shape. Yeah, exactly. But I remember you were all fancy and you made it just like the restaurant style and we could always pick that out. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like that, that's my specialty. But yeah, I mean, ugly dumplings, ugly babies, pretty dumplings, pretty babies. So I worked on my dumpling making skills like mm-hmm, crazy. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I didn't really care because I didn't really believe that tradition. So I was like, whatever, I don't care. I'm just going to make it my own. <laughs> well, let's hope that it's not real because you're about to have your first baby. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Knock on wood. <laughs> you know, we were getting together on this one day, sitting together as a family and just like while we're making something, it's kind of like um, craft time. You're like, you're just sitting around and just, you know, talking and like catching up. Yeah. And talking about like the new year to come. Exactly. And also drinking a lot of wine yeah. while, while making your dumplings. Yeah, and it's it's really fun because people come in and out of the table and like the conversations would change yeah. throughout the day. I feel like that is a tradition for a lot of Korean households, mm-hmm. right? Like making the dumplings for New Year's Day, mm-hmm. you know, to eat the dongmanduguk, which is a very traditional meal for New Year's. Mm-hmm. You know, we just obviously adapted that same tradition that has been in Korea for generations. Right, right. I think it's great. I really wonder where that tradition came from. Do you think it came from like our ancestors from just history? I know the answer to this. Oh, you I know do? the answer to this. Oh, I do. do. Yeah. It's because of tteokguk, which is the uh, rice cake soup and and it's sliced in like these coins. It's, it's cylinders, right? Yeah. So rice cakes are cylinders, but it's sliced really thin bias. And it's supposed to look like coins uh-huh. to bring prosperity for the new year. Oh, money. Interesting. Of course, it's all about money, right? Of course. It is. <laughs> so, OK, what else did we have? Um, a tradition that I thought of was making turkey on Thanksgiving I feel like we adapted to like the American culture with the turkey because Korea doesn't do that. But I think it's part of our culture to now people who are in the States to eat turkey on Thanksgiving. And I feel like that's a huge memory from our childhood until now. Definitely. And our turkey is really special because the way our grandma made this turkey was she made a rice a sweet glutinous rice, mm. sticky rice, pretty much filling. And mm-hmm. she would season it with all of these aromatics like garlic, jujube, uh, celery, chestnuts, all of these like beautiful things. And she would make a stuffing and stuff the turkey with this rice, mm-hmm. right? And oh, then she so would bake good. it in the oven. And I, I just feel like it's a very clever way of making turkey because what the rice does inside the cavity of the turkey mm-hmm. is it steams it mm-hmm. while cooking while baking it mm-hmm. so your turkey essentially never dries out which is why our turkey oh, is so moist is so moist so there's like a scientific fact behind oh. why this turkey is so delicious and moist and never gets dry see i never i never even knew these facts i just eat it yeah. eat you it just up. eat it yeah. <laughs> but now it's very yeah. interesting to know that This tradition, I feel like, is so special because it's obviously an American tradition that us immigrants have brought over to the States and we kind of like made it our own. And this particular recipe coming from grandma is, you know, one of a kind. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's so unique. And when you first hear about it, you're like, wait, the stuffing is made out of rice. It's and sticky rice. So people get a little intimidated and they're like, no, I don't think I want to eat that. Or no, yeah. I don't think I want to try that. But don't knock until you try it because it is, you will be mind blown. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think that out of all of our family traditions, this one is number one. Yeah. Like literally, I have not met a single person that does not like this. Exactly. Exactly. 
Speaking of grandma's tradition, I have a little clip that someone has sent in about her Hanukkah tradition. You want to you want to listen to it? Yeah, sure. Hi, everyone. This is Raina Rutten calling from Jersey City. I wanted to tell you about my favorite food tradition, which is my mom, Sherry Bretton's, Mama Bretton's Hanukkah brisket. So where did Mama Bretton's famous Hanukkah brisket come from? She got the recipe from Rosie Rosen. That's my mom's bubby, Yiddish for grandma. She came to the United States from Austria when she was 16 years old, all by herself, in 1906. She actually arrived to Ellis Island on none other than Halloween. When she finally got past security and got past immigration, she landed to visit her cousins on the Lower East Side, surrounded by what she thought was true ghouls and goblins, only to learn later that it was just Halloween. She spent a lot of time with the Jews in the tenement buildings under the Manhattan Bridge, which is where she lived with my mom until the late 60s. And they cooked this Mama Breton's famous Hanukkah brisket every Hanukkah for all the years that she was here in the United States. It's a beautiful tradition that my mom, Sherry, has passed down to me. And now something that I carry the torch for every year on Hanukkah. We invite our friends and our family and everyone low-key wears forgiving pants knowing that they're going to eat their weight in this brisket. Because frankly, another part of this tradition is that we always make sure that when we're cooking Mama Breton's brisket for Hanukkah, that we have enough leftovers to feed the Israeli army in case they come by. I love it. Oh, that was so sweet. So sweet. And I feel like these types of traditions, when it comes from immigrant families... Uh, it, it's kind of similar, right? Mm-hmm. I especially love the part where she talks about the leftovers and she makes enough for days because remember when I make my turkey now, I make two. One we eat and one extra one we need to send home with the family. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I, see, but she did it too. I know, right? It's, it's pretty amazing. We, It's kind of like, even though we come from all different backgrounds, it's we share like the same kind of culture in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And the same, same traditions. traditions. Yeah. It's it's amazing to hear. It's so sweet. Uh-huh. It's so sweet. Uh-huh. And and I love how it was also passed down from her grandmother to her mom yes. to now her. She cooks it every year and it's going to be the same way in our family. Yeah. We have to keep the tradition alive. We'll get into more listener traditions right after this. We're back. I just want to quickly talk about Christmas. I don't know if we had a tradition on Christmas. I mean, we definitely had New Year's and Thanksgiving. But do you remember or recall any Christmas traditions that we had? I always feel like we spent it at church. Yeah. So like we didn't, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't really recall anything big we did for Christmas. I just remember if we weren't able to celebrate Thanksgiving altogether, we would do it on Christmas. So Christmas would kind of be like a backup for Thanksgiving. Right. 
We need to create a food tradition. We do. For Christmas. We do. Yeah. We do. We, we definitely do. But I still remember we, like, if we went home for Christmas um, and we did things, um, Thanksgiving turkey, we, you did, like, you cooked a grand meal. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, Christmas. but there was nothing ever traditional. I would just, no. you know, cook one of my crazy meals that I, that right, I normally right, do. Right. Yeah, for yeah. any like birthday, mom's birthday, I yeah. always do it. Someone did call in with their Christmas tradition, though. Do you want to listen to it? Yeah. Let's do it. Hi, this is uh, John calling in from Springfield, New Jersey. And uh, I guess I sort of do have a unique holiday tradition uh, that me and my family do. Um, so on Christmas Day, we, we don't really have like a normal breakfast, like scrambled eggs and stuff like that. Um, we have this unique um, German tradition that we have where we uh, eat um, German sausages and stuff during the early morning hours of Christmas Day. So I have like Landjäger and Westphalian ham and some Cinnabons and maybe some rye bread and stuff. A little bit of coffee, but mostly just focusing on on the meats and stuff like that, which I personally love. And then throughout the day, we'll be having um, snacks and, and uh, a different like lunch dips and stuff like that instead of a formal Christmas dinner. So we'll have like um, buffalo chicken dip, taco dip, uh, spinach dip, and tons of chips and stuff throughout the table, some cocktail shrimp and stuff like that. So we don't really eat like this big grandiose Christmas dinner like some families do. We sort of just snack and pick throughout the day. So it's it's nice. It keeps us together. It makes sure that we're all in the same room during Christmas and that we're all with each other, which I think is important because, you know, Christmas is really about family. So it, it, it makes me happy that we all get to spend that time together as opposed to people having to go and cook and then come back. So it's very, very nice. And I'm very, very thankful for the traditions that I have in my house. That was so sweet. That was. I wonder if they have beer in the morning as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely have beer in the morning, right? <laughs> Hello. It's like October. It's like October fest on Christmas. I know. Which is amazing. Like, amazing. I would love to be there. Can I be part of that family? I yeah, know. I would love to be there. <laughs> and it sounds like totally up your alley because you love chips and snacking and dips. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's, love, that's love, like love. your thing. Yeah, I know. I, I want to join that family right now. Let's uh, steal that tradition. Maybe. I know we can do that. We can have we can make our own like Korean traditional drink in the morning. Yeah. That we all have, and then like I make a breakfast. That'll be fun. I mean, I love the idea of just like snacking all day and oh, kind yes. of like being in and out of the the yeah. main room, you know, yeah. just putting like mad food on the table and you know, you can snack on it all day. That is like right up my alley. Like I love snacking all day instead of like eating one big meal. I'm a snacker. Yeah. So because that sounds... you eat your meals like you're snacking. Exactly. <laughs> I do. I do. Because I don't know how to eat a big meal now. Yeah. So, like it's... Thanksgiving meal, you'll have the same plate of food for like five hours. Yep. I'm yep. just like, yep. you're still yep. eating that? No, That's I just insane. pick at it. Yeah. Just pick at it. I feel like John's Christmas is like right up your alley and oh, we yeah, should we should it. adapt to that uh we tradition should. that yeah. sounds fun other than holidays i feel like there's other traditions that people have like even if it's like a weekly tradition or mm-hmm. you know like you and i have a tradition on each other's birthday we would go watch broadway plays and like right. get a get a really nice dinner and we do that for each other's mm-hmm. birthday um mm-hmm. and that's kind of like our tradition but i feel like personal traditions or family traditions can be beyond holidays and we have someone that called in about their friday night tradition 
Oh. Hi, this is Ray calling from Brooklyn. Every Friday night for many years in my household, we would all eat a thing called chicken and spaghetti. It's not what you think when you think of chicken and spaghetti. This was a roast chicken that you cook in the oven with a pot of spaghetti that is burnt to a crisp. And you mix it all together, and that's what we ate, used to eat on Friday nights. This dish was actually incredibly popular in my household, to the point where friends all throughout high school would come over and, and talk about this coveted chicken and spaghetti dish. It got to a point where there were some friends that would come over that had a specific area of crunchy, crispy, burnt spaghetti that they really wanted, and we would actually fight over it. At one point, I got stabbed with a knife. That's how much people like this chicken spaghetti. It was a weird tradition. And I based my friends based off whether they liked chicken spaghetti or not. And if they didn't, they weren't invited back. That is the most interesting dish I've ever heard of. Wait, did he say the pasta is burnt too crisp? Yeah, the pasta is burnt too crisp. So I'm guessing that they put it in the oven or something. No, right? Yeah, it sounds like, you know, kind of like chips or like burnt bread or I don't know. I'm I'm thinking along the line of like nurungji, like which is the scorched uh, like scorched rice. You know how sometimes when you I, I kind of know when like you cook spaghetti and you get like the sides stuck on the and like it gets the, crusty with the with the oil. Yeah, 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 yeah. Crispy. Yeah, I'm really curious. <laughs> I'm curious, but it also just like sounds weird, but like delicious. Like I I like things that are crispy. You know, we like texture. Right. Right. It sounds really cute in a way because it's so unique. Yeah. And everyone would be like, what? Crispy burnt pasta with uh-huh. chicken? And their friends come over and they're like known for this dish. And it must be delicious if all their well, friends yeah, are coming exactly. over Friday night. It's very cute. But I, I, I feel like the, the weekly traditions, it matters to like a household with like a lot of kids and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. It's super cute. Like every Friday nights or like every Sunday, sometimes it's like, mm-hmm. you know, chicken supper or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that we had anything like that. No, I don't recall doing like a weekly tradition. Not a thing. weekly, but what I remember with you specifically as sisters, uh-huh. Uh-huh. When, whenever you like come over my place or I come over your place, we would always do uh, beer and squid night. You know, oh, yeah. Which I think is kind of like weird, but it's like also something we do so often. So uh-huh. I was just thinking like because his, um, his kind of Friday night tradition was like the crispy spaghetti and chicken. Like what's like a weird thing? I guess it's not that weird if you're Korean. But like I think that if you're not Korean, you would be like, wait, dried squid, peanuts and beer. With May- mayo. And mayo. Oh, yeah. So good. It's like a weird thing. But like that was our meal. Like Delicious. That, that, that's what we would eat. It's funny. I got um, Danny, my husband, uh-huh. into it. And he he's never really had it before. And then I had like a whole bunch of like frozen dry squid in the fridge. So I made one and he got addicted. <laughs> and um, and he, we had a friend who went to Korea. So he asked them to bring like 50 dried squid. Oh my So gosh. there's 50 dried squid in my freezer right now. I have no room for anything else but the squid. That is <laughs> hilarious. Oh my, and he's obsessed with it now. Obsessed. And it's yeah. like the perfect pairing for with a nice cold beer. Yeah. 
And what you so do, it's good. like it's it's like dehydrated dried squid, and then mm-hmm. you like take it out of your freezer and you like um, burn it over the stovetop. Uh-huh. You know, you or roast it. Yeah, yeah, you roast it on the fire, and you just like tear it up and eat it dipped in mayo. It's just weird if you think about it. It is. It you is. Know? It's not. It's not. It's definitely not common. <laughs> it's not normal. Yeah, it's not. But it is the most delicious thing and the most delicious pairing for a nice cold beer. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm, craving, I'm craving it really bad right now. Yeah. <laughs> I love the weird combinations that's like truly special and unique yeah. to, the, to each family. Yeah. And I, I, that's what I really love about this uh, oh, tradition. We, we know we love that. We I know. love that pairing. Yeah. It's the best. It's we, the can, best. we can drink like two six packs within one squid like this <laughs> like in two seconds and the best part is like the squid lasts a really long time because uh-huh. it's really chewy uh-huh. so you just keep chewing the same and it's, piece and of squid it's not, and it's not a bad snack you know it's not yeah. unhealthy it's yeah. pretty healthy it's you know? protein yeah exactly do you recall any other family traditions that we had maybe like on Easter maybe we always went to church yeah we went so. to church yeah, I don't. What do we eat on Easter? You know how a lot of families, I think, have like Easter Sunday suppers that are like yeah. really big because they went on Lent, was it? Yeah, yeah. right, right, so right. So they have like a huge meal on that day. But I feel like we didn't have that tradition, right? In our we family, we didn't. We do have someone that called in about Easter. Oh, fun. yeah. Let's listen to it. Hi, I'm Alyssa, and I just wanted to share my favorite food tradition with you. So my favorite holiday has always been Easter, and I think that probably comes from when I was a really little kid, and my grandma would make these amazing bunny-shaped cakes covered in coconut and Easter. So really, I've always loved Easter pretty much because of the food. But as I got older, um, I now have a new Easter tradition. I'm with my husband, who is Maltese, and we make something every year called figoli, which is this Maltese pastry. It has this like marzipan filling with a pastry crust, and then you can do it in like any design that you want. So we will use cookie cutters and like hearts and eggs and bunnies and then decorate the top of it with either royal icing or chocolate and sprinkles. And it's been, it's been a really, really fun tradition to do. I think every year since we've been together and um, and every year we make a lot and share it with people, which has also been really nice to share food and or my favorite holiday and something that's such a nice tradition. You know, I think it's really interesting that Easter could be someone's favorite holiday. I, I love that idea, mm-hmm. especially if you have kids. I feel like because it's you know, big, it's big. Like you could do like the Easter bunny. You could do Easter egg hunts, which we you can well, you can paint eggs, boil eggs. eggs. Yeah. yeah, which we did growing we up. Did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. That. I feel like her uh, tradition on Easter has a lot to do with like decorating, mm-hmm. which is a big Easter thing. Right. Yeah. That she makes a bunch and like shares it with. Her right. and family. Yeah. yeah, and then they probably all sit together and like decorate it. And I, it's it's really cute. It's like crafty. Um, so she's probably like a big um, arts and crafts person. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. you don't really do that on the other, you know, holidays. It kind of reminds me of our mandu tradition or dumpling making tradition. Right. You're just sitting around and making dumplings. Yeah, you sit around the table. But this is a little bit more artistic. Artistic, yeah. Yeah, you can like play with sprinkles and, you know, and it's like cutters. Cookie cutters. It's something like sweet. And I guess you could do that on Christmas as well with like Christmas cookies or Mm -hmm. or gingerbread, gingerbread gingerbread houses. houses. I think we should do that this year, by the way. Yeah. 
We were planning to with our friends. Yeah. Cookie, like someone wanted to do cookie decorating. I guess. Yeah. Cookie, yeah. Yeah. That cookie decorating is a thing. Same it's, not, it's not my thing. But. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're not artsy. I would, I would make the ugliest cookies, but. I mean, as long as it tastes good. Well, this was a really fun conversation. Obviously, we love personal traditions and we uh, feel I feel like every family has their own and so unique. And I loved sharing and talking about these traditions with you because obviously we grew up with them together. It was definitely fun to go back and think of all the amazing traditional things that we still have alive. And hopefully we keep it alive. Pass it on to the next generation. Exactly. Thanks so much to my sister Jennifer for taking time out of her day to talk about our family traditions growing up. And thank you to all who called in to share your stories. I definitely feel inspired. If you have any more questions that you're dying to know the answer to, remember to leave me a message at 518-291-9877. Hotline Offline is a Food 52 podcast and is produced by Coral Lee and Harry Sultan. Remember to follow so no questions go unanswered and no answer goes unheard. Bye.